Hello, I'm Mark, and thank you for joining me on Words of Truth today. Have you ever felt like an outsider? <laughs> I mean, like when you're invited to some function by a friend, and they know everyone, but you don't know anyone. And they have all their inside stories and jokes. Maybe they've known each other uh, over a period of years, and they're talking about things they used to do maybe years ago or friends they know together, and you're kind of just sitting there like a bump on a log with nothing to add. That's what I mean by feeling like you're an outsider. Like me, I'm sure you've been in that kind of a situation before. And I don't know about you, but as a Christian, I oftentimes feel like an outsider living in this world these days. So many things have changed so quickly in our society in general. I mean, when I was in high school, I had a gun rack in the back of a window of my pickup truck. That's right. And in my gun rack was a 22 caliber rifle that I took to school and left in the truck. Can you imagine? So that I could go target practicing after school. Man alive, if you tried that today, you'd have an entire SWAT team descending on you like a swarm of angry bees. <laughs> and when I was growing up, a lot of politicians were actually respected, that's right, and pastors were honored and esteemed for their integrity and holy living and honesty. Sure, there were some drugs around, but not wholesale like today. And you could turn on the TV and watch a wholesome family show that made you laugh or groan or, well, just to enjoy without a lot of sex and swearing and blood. And we played outside with our toys in the dirt. We dug holes for forts and rode our bikes without helmets. We went fishing and hunting and bought five-cent candy at the dime store and, well, ate it before dinner. Whoa. And we had to wait to use a phone. Why? Because we had a party line. For those of you who don't know that what that is, that, that means that a lot of people shared the same line. And if you picked up the receiver, you could hear them talking, but, well, you didn't dare keep listening because they could hear the click when you picked up the receiver. And so you put it down real fast and you kept checking to see when they'd be off the line so that you could use it. Well, things have changed in society so quickly and things have changed in Christianity as well. I miss those days. And there are times when I feel like a real outsider in our world because well, I refuse to watch TV shows with a lot of sex and homosexuality, and I don't really respect the majority of politicians, and I'm disappointed by people who are in my own profession as a pastor, and I see kids who are glued to their phones and don't have the courtesy to say thank you and excuse me and you're welcome, and, and in fact, they don't even know how to carry on a conversation with someone. And I see people who don't know their Bibles. They don't know Genesis from Revelation. And they don't know the great stories of Scripture because they never break their Bibles open. And some people have never even been to church. And it makes me sad that people are missing out on so much in life that they don't even know about. And they don't even know they're missing it. And I'm concerned for people who call themselves Christians, but who really don't live like Christians. Oh, they go to church on Sunday, but they don't even give God attention during the week. 
and they're not really concerned about if somebody else is headed to hell. And so they never witnessed anyone about their faith and their lifestyles aren't that much different from that of the world. They say they're a Christian, but they move in with their boyfriend or girlfriend and they party like the world. In fact, a non-Christian might not even know that they have a faith at all. They don't they don't know really anything about Christianity. They don't know a doctrine from an epistle or an apostle. They think the, the epistles were the apostles' wives. <laughs> it all makes me feel like an outsider. And it makes me feel sad. And I'm sure there are a lot of you listening who feel the same way I do. And it's to you that I want to encourage in handling our changing culture. And for others, maybe bring a bit of conviction that you might consider changing the way you live so that your life reflects more of the image of Jesus Christ. And to do that, let me use this story about Daniel and his friends in the Bible. When Daniel was young, he lived in Jerusalem. It was a peaceful, happy society. But all of that was abruptly disrupted by the invasion of Babylon. They swept in with their mighty army and they took power and captured his people and deported most of them to Babylon. I'm sure people were asking, where's God now? Is he still in control? And yet the book of Daniel continually redirects us to see a God who is seated on his throne in control of everything and even in the midst of troubling times. For example, we see God's control in Daniel 1 when it says, The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into Nebuchadnezzar's hand. Did you see it? Behind the invading forces of Babylon was the very hand of God. Even though everything seemed out of control, it wasn't. Strangely, God was in control of the defeat of his own city and the exile of his own people by giving them into the hands of the enemy. Now, Daniel and his friends were among those taken into captivity and moved to Babylon. And they were given new names and forced to learn a new language, and they were taught a new worldview and given a new diet. They had every reason in the world to think that God had forsaken them. It would have been easy for them to just stop praying and stop praising God. Now, most of what they experienced, they couldn't prevent. But instead of turning their back on God, they refused to compromise. And they continued to serve the Lord. In fact, how did they do that? Well, they refused to eat the delicacies set before them. They said, we will go no further. And amazingly, Daniel chapter 1 verse 9 says, And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And from that point on, they were allowed to live and eat in a way that honored God. But then also in verse 17, we read that God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. You see, what God gave to Daniel gave him the ability to speak God's truth to the highest level of the Babylonian government and eventually earned him a place in that same government 
so that they actually had authority. And so you can see how God is a God who gives. And the Israelites who were in exile and heard about Daniel and his friends were encouraged by their example to be faithful to God. Even though they had been conquered by the Babylonians, God hadn't been conquered. And so they could rest with confidence in his purposes. And so the question is, how can we handle the changing landscape of our culture? Well, we have to remember that the God who gave King Jehoiakim into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar also gave favor to his servants in an alien world, and he gave them the skill to serve the same God who gives to us today. And here's my point. When everything seems to have gone completely awry, God is sovereign over it all. God is still in control. And although we may not have immediate answers for why he does what he does or why he allows what he allows, we can rest in his providential care and trust that he has a plan and a purpose in it all. And so here's the question. Even though you might feel like you're in exile in the strange world you find yourself in, are you thankful knowing that God is still at work? He is. He's still the king. And he's working it all out with a plan in mind for your good. So trust him in all of that. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.